They're only three expenses you want to be focusing on to save big cash from your spending. Today's video is all about why they are so important and how you apply it to your own life. Hi guys, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast where we're all about helping you become financially free so you can focus on what you really want from life. Today's video is no different. We're talking about the three main expenses that are going to really move the needle in how much you're able to save and build for your financial future. Now, before I go into these three areas, firstly, I want to talk about why this is so important. Well, Pareto's principle says that 80% of the results are going to come from 20% of the effort. And if you think about how you spend your money, how most people spend their money, it's in many different areas. But three of those areas cover the majority of what you spend. So it's best to focus on those areas because a small change in these areas are going to unlock big changes in your spending. If you focus on the small things, you're going to get small results. Focus on the big things, you're going to get big results. Second thing is when I first got a job in London, I was earning very little money starting off and London is a very expensive place to live. And the reason I was able to save a whole 300 pounds a month may not sound a lot, but for me at the time, it was huge. I did it by focusing on these areas. Many years later, I'm able to spend only a fraction of what I earn. How do I do that? I do it by focusing on these areas and I've maintained that in such a way so I've kept my spending low. I've changed very little even though my income has grown considerably. So what are they? Well, the first one is housing. No surprise. Well, let's focus on renting first. How do we change this? Well, we're looking, obviously, for a lower rent. Now, for a lot of people think, no way, there's no way I can get lower than what I'm currently paying, or there's no way I'm willing to do that. Some of the ways we can do it, go for a less desirable area, go for a smaller place, share with other people, go for a lower quality place. Now, for a lot of people, they're like, no way, there's no way I can go for a... I'm already used to where I'm staying. Now, I get it. Right? Making changes are difficult. But if you're going to make changes, you're much better off making those changes in the areas where it's going to make the most impact. And if your life stays the same, you're going to get the same results. If you want to save more, if you want to build to a financial future and you want to move faster than you're currently going, then you've got to make changes in your lives. Okay, so think about that. So this is what I did. When I first moved to London, I looked for a place that was still adhered to the things that were important to me. I wanted to be close to where I worked, close to where the action was. So I lived centrally, but I made sure that I shared with other people that it was a lower quality place. It was a cheaper place than other places. And I stayed in a place where the rooms were kind of smaller than they could have been. 
Now, yes, it wasn't as good as a place that I could have got elsewhere, but it allowed me that space to be able to save and start the ball rolling on my financial future. But also, I was able to save in other ways because I thought, well, if I live close enough to work that I'm able to walk to work, then I can save on a huge amount of travel costs, right? So even though it was slightly more expensive than living further out, I was able to save money on travel. So these are the kinds of things I thought about, kinds of things you want to be thinking about too. If you are buying or you bought, buying can be one of the best financial decisions in your life, one of the worst decisions. Buying a house can be an asset or a liability depending on how you do it. If you buy a place and you spend a huge amount of money doing it up, making it nice, you buy a place bigger than where you were renting before, that's a liability. Your cash flow is worsening as a result of owning that place. But if you buy a place where by doing it, you can move into a modest place or buy a place with other rooms that you can rent out to cover part of the cost of your mortgage, your cash flow actually improves, it reduces, therefore allowing you to save more money. Also, when you're refurbishing the place, making it look nice, making it kind of homely and how you want it to be, you can do it in a way that's cost effective, not putting too much money into it. When I bought my first place, we scoured the internet on eBay and Freecycle and Gumtree for cheap things to put in the place. We still had a lovely place. We still had all of the things that were important to us. Okay, yes. Were they all new? No. Were they all kind of fancy and all the best things? No. But we had our own place that we could live in and still were able to build to our financial future. We also rented the other rooms. So by getting onto the property ladder, I shared with somebody else. I kind of clubbed in with someone else to be able to do it because in London, the prices are crazy. But we made sure to get a three-bed flat. And by doing that, we were able to rent out one of the rooms and that massively improved our mortgage costs. And our cash flow each month reduced as a result compared to when we rented beforehand. Okay, so these are the kinds of things you want to be thinking about, whether you buy, whether you rent, and so on. Another thing to think about is what the condition of the property is like when you buy it. Now, if you think about it, if you buy a place and it's already done kind of to the standard that you want, then you don't really need to spend much money kind of refurbishing, doing it up. And that might sound counterintuitive in that that is better. And the reason is, is because when you have a place that's already done up, then the cost in doing it up is reflected in the price, but you're able to get a mortgage on that purchase price. Whereas if you buy it cheaper, say £10,000 cheaper, but then you spend £10,000 doing it up, the full £10,000 you are spending to do that. You've got to commit that whole amount of money. But if you pay £10,000 more, the mortgage is going to lend against the lion's share of that 90%, 85% of that additional £10,000 will be provided by the mortgage company, not yourself. So a small amount more in terms of upfront cost. Yes, slightly higher mortgage cost, but very, very little. And that's what we did. We made sure we went into a place that was already looking good. Was it perfect? No. 
but we could live with it from day one. All right, so the other things to think about, if you're living in a very expensive area or expensive part of town or something, think about whether you want to move to another area, a slightly cheaper area. Obviously, you've got to think about your job and so on, but if you can maintain how much you're earning or maintain that same job but move to a cheaper city where cheaper rent is, that can have a massive impact on how much you spend. And then lastly, think about any rooms where you stay that you very rarely use. Now, a couple of examples are offices and gyms. So many people have an office for that occasional day they work at home. Well, think about how much money you're paying for that room, that privilege of having that room when you very rarely use it. Maybe a gym that you occasionally use once a, once a week, or once a month. You'd like to use it more often, but you don't really. Think about how much money you spend having that room over the overheads of the property. For me personally, that's a waste of money. So what do I do? I have a place that I, uh, that I stay for my office. I pay separately. So for that money, I can get a way better place for my office. For a gym, I pay to go to a gym because it'd be a fraction of the cost of paying for that additional room and I get way more facilities. Now that might not work for everyone. You may use your gym at home every day. You may use your office at home every day. Then absolutely it makes sense. But if you're not using it very frequently, is it good use of your spending? Okay, so that's housing, guys. Hopefully that's giving you a few areas to think about and start the wheels in motion and starting to reduce the costs in that area. Second, food and drink. Another massive area for people. So firstly, eating out. Very popular these days, guys. And eating out can be very expensive. Often when we go to eat out, We'll kind of go and we'll eat and we'll think, oh, you know what, let's just get what we want. Let's just get a starter and a main and a dessert. Let's get some drinks, you know, let's put a tip. And then all of a sudden, it's a huge amount. And if you notice in some things that you spend money on, it's almost like there's no filter. It's like you decided to do it and then you just do what you want and spend as much as it costs. Now, sometimes that makes sense, but most of the time, if you think about it, if you go and you spend twice as much on an activity like eating out, that means to spend the same amount of money, you can only do it half as many times. Okay. So when you do go eat out, think about where do you want to go eat? Yes, okay, if you love fancy, fancy restaurants, but is that really where you get the enjoyment? Or is it going and being out of the house, spending time with someone that, that you love, that you care about? Is it that that's important to you? Or is it just joining other people that are going on a meal out and you want to be part of, of that occasion? If that's the case, it's less about how much money you're spending and how much food you're getting. It's more about the occasion itself. So think about a few things to think about. If you're really looking to cut costs, which is what I did really early on, is when there were meals being organized, okay? I didn't want to miss out on that, right? but I didn't want to be spending all that money. So what did I do? I just joined after. They had the meal and then I would join around kind of dessert time, hang out with everyone, chat, whatever, do everything like everybody else. And then inevitably people would go and kind of stay there and chill, go to a bar afterwards and spend a number of hours together anyway. I got 80% of what I wanted from the evening without spending that money on the meal. 
couple of other things to think about. If you are going to go out, think about places that do deals, that somewhere that's a bit cheaper, right? You can get really, really lovely food without spending a lot of money, okay? And the less money you spend when you go out, the more times you can do it, right? Something to think about. Next area is drinking out. This was a big one for me. Being a young guy in London, when I first came to London, drinking out was huge. And this is where a lot of my friends spent money. So what did I do? A few things. One, I pre-drank. So if I had control over the evening, what I would do is I'd invite my people around to my house or I'd go to theirs and we would drink beforehand. If everybody really wanted to get drunk, or I wanted to get drunk when I was younger, I would just drink at somebody's house. It was much, much cheaper and then we could go out. And you can have that crazy night and be drunk and do all of that stuff. If you drink out in somewhere like London, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Getting drunk in London is expensive. And if you do want to go out and you can't necessarily control that, you can't pre-drink, but people are just out anyway and you want to join that, go out, but don't get caught up in drinking as much as everybody else, all right? If everybody's drinking kind of eight drinks in a night, drink two, all right? Realistically, the enjoyment you're getting from that night is not how many drinks you drink. It's the, the cool place you're staying, it's the music, it's the people you're with, right? If you start to remove the connection with buying a drink, with having fun, you're going to do a lot better. So if you still drink, just have one or two. Just take it slowly and definitely get out of those rounds, right? A lot of people get sucked into those peer pressured thinking they're stingy or that they're, that they're, they're not being playing to the, the group or people are going to judge them if they don't play rounds. Trust me, guys, it's not worth it. You're going to get really drunk, massive hangover the next day. It's going to cost you a fortune because people just will want to get a drink every time to make the most of uh, the money they spent on their round. Okay, just definitely no. Yes, you might get a bit of stick at the beginning, but after a while, people will just know James doesn't do rounds, right? Don't ask James, all right? Honestly, one of the biggest things I did. Now, guys... You know, many years later, I don't drink at all now, okay? Now, I'm not saying you necessarily need to be like that, but now I don't drink. Every time I go out, it doesn't cost me a thing. Most places in the UK, certainly, the whole model is geared around drinking. So if you don't drink, you basically don't pay any money. Yeah, okay, some places have an entry fee, but if you don't drink, you're just drinking some water or whatever, like there's no cost a whole night out. Everybody comes the next day and like, oh my God, I've spent like a hundred pounds. I've spent like nothing, okay? So guys, if you can do it, if you can get to that place, trust me, it's a massive saver on spending. Next, at home, okay? So food can be one of the most expensive areas in where we spend, but also one of the cheapest areas if we do it right. People moan about the cost of food, but in reality, food is so cheap. In the UK, it's one of the cheapest places in the world. I, I'm always shocked at how, how, how little money costs in supermarkets. If you go to a decent, you know, cheap supermarket, and I'm not talking um, Aldi or Lidl, which is dirt cheap. I'm saying just don't go to the likes of Waitrose and Marks and Spencers. And if you just buy proper food, vegetables, meat, those kinds of things, like and you cook from scratch, it costs hardly anything. 
Now I get it. Some people need to cook quickly, and 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 nowadays it's one of the areas I I spend money to reduce my time. But if you think carefully about what you're buying in the supermarket, and you're flexible in how you eat, you can massively reduce how much you spend. Something others to think about is takeaways. Right, people get a lot of takeaways at home, especially with Deliveroo and and Uber Eats and all of these things coming out onto the market. These can be a huge expense. It's like some things I notice when people order stuff, they don't really think about the money. I, it's like a huge amount of money to order a takeaway at home sometimes, especially if you order from certain places. So what do I do? Personally, when I get takeaways, I do it occasionally. If I do, it's a treat and I recognize it as a treat. Other times when I going to get takeaways, you can buy certain foods from supermarkets that are like takeaways. That's takeaway, but you just heat it up at home. You get the instant nature of it, but at a fraction of the cost. Okay, guys, big, big area for savings. All right, so that's all I'll cover off from food and drink. But really, if you can get the spending, especially alcohol, out, reducing how many times you eat out, and if you do, not at really expensive places, and you really watch kind of takeaways at home, you're going to massively reduce your spending in this area. Okay, lastly, transport. Massive area expenditure for people. What is it for most people is cars. Well, first of all, think about how much your car is and the maintenance of it. A lot of people get stuck wanting to buy a really nice, cool car, changing it every couple of years. Long are the days gone where people used to like actually buy their car. Now it's all higher purchase, You're spending a huge amount of money each month to have it. Now that might make it feel like it's cheap to get a really nice car, but nothing is free. You get a nice fancy car, you're paying it in some way. And with higher purchase, you're paying it just over a long period of time each month, okay? If you buy a car outright and it's a cheaper car, you know, a second-hand car, yes, it can be a one-off expense. But if you buy it up front and then you look after it, then you can have that car for many, many years, okay? And not have to pay that monthly fee that you would for a higher purchase. And at the end, when you finish with that car, you can even sell it at the end and hopefully get some of your money back. A massive benefit and a massive reduction in the cost of spending around cars. And don't get caught into that whole keeping up with the Joneses. You, you know, just because you have a car that's a bit more rubbish than someone else's, does that make you any less of a person? Absolutely not. What makes us who we are is our integrity, our how interesting we are, right? The value we bring to other people's lives, right? How uh, the kinds of experiences we've gone on, not how cool our car is or how new our car is. And if you think about it, when people look at a fancy car, right? They're not thinking, oh, that person is so cool. I wish I was that person with that cool car. What are they thinking? They're thinking, that's a cool car. They're not even thinking about the person in the car. They're just thinking about that car and wishing they had that car. Think about that. It's got nothing to do with the person. It's about the car. It's about the object. Okay? So then think about the other way around. If you have that cool, fancy car, are people looking at that car and thinking, wow, 
you're really cool. No, they're thinking that car's cool. Okay, so if you're getting caught up in that whole concept, then I would highly encourage you to think differently. Next thing is, do you really need a car? So for me in London, I mean, God, I am so old. I'm like 35 years old. I learned to drive when I was 18. And you know what? I've never owned a car. I wish I owned a car. I would love to own a car. But living in London, there's just no point. It would be a total waste of money. And I just can't bring myself to do it. Now, I get it for some people, some places. Absolutely, owning a car is important. But I know a lot of people that say live in London and they own a car and it's completely pointless. They spend a huge amount of money on that expense and they drive it occasionally. And when they do drive it, the whole experience is more expensive than using other forms of transport. Okay, so if you're in that situation, I highly encourage you to think differently. Now, when I want to drive a car, like I want to go out for the day and drive just for fun, or I want to go away for the weekend, it's important that I have a car. I just rent the car for that weekend. I get a zip car or hire a car, whatever, if I want to go on holiday or something. And a lot of people say, yeah, but that's really expensive, James, doing that, you know, it's such a hassle um, to do. No, it's not. It really isn't, guys. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. So, so hiring a car, okay. One, on the face of it can seem really expensive. It can be like a couple of hundred pounds, right? Compare that to the weekly maintenance or the petrol of owning your own car. But if I'm only doing that in those days that I actually needed a car, then I could be spending way more money on those days and still be spending way less than owning a car. Secondly, if it's a bit of a hassle, right? So maybe picking up the car is quite far away from where I live. Well, just get a taxi. Get a taxi straight from where I live to where that car is. I then go pick up the car and go. With the zip car, it's literally, you just um, press a button on your phone and the car unlocks. It's super simple. You're, oh no, I don't like paying taxis, it's really expensive. But you're saving so much money on the car that you're not paying for, right? So think about it like that. People get into these weird little roots in their head and they're not realizing the bigger picture. So always think bigger picture when you're making financial decisions. Okay, next, taxis. With Uber coming on to the market, Bolt, Ola, all of these different companies are changing every week. Yes, getting taxis are definitely cheaper. It's amazing. Like before these companies came on, I wouldn't even think about getting a taxi. I mean, I live in London. Getting a black cab anywhere was crazy expensive. Every time I got a black car, a cab, I just couldn't handle it. I was so stressed every time I did a black car. Every time I got into a black cab, because I'd look at the meter and I'd just watch it going up, 20p, 40p, 60p, 80p. God, it's like a pound every like half a minute. This is, this is so intense. You know what? I, this, this is terrible. Sometimes I used to, when I was going somewhere in a black cab, I would get them to stop the cab early, like down the street, just to like save a bit of money. Now, you might be thinking, James, you are ridiculous. That's so crazy. But I know for a fact, a lot of people experience similar things when they're getting black cabs because it's so expensive. But now taxis are so cheap, the opposite's happening. You're like, just get a cab, whatever. It's cheap. It's just a few pounds. It is, it is just a few pounds. But if you get into a habit of doing that frequently, 
Trust me, the amount of money you'll be spending on taxis can go crazy. And that money will, that really will mean the difference between you being able to save and being able to save a huge amount. So guys, only use taxi if you really need to, right? I use taxis uh, often, but only in certain situations and only when it actually saves me time. It makes sense to me. But when I, early on, when I was looking to really save money, that was a big area uh, I focused on. And then lastly, cheap or kind of like no cost forms of travel, walking, cycling. Personally, I've always lived somewhere where I've been able to walk or cycle to work. Why? Two main reasons. One, it's free. The amount of money people spend commuting to and from work is insane. I think it's crazy. So much money. That money is like more, just that one bit is more than the average person saves each month. I just think that's insane. So by doing that, I don't pay any money on travel to and from work, okay? Secondly though, really important, it's like free exercise. So every day, like five days a week when I go to work, or often seven days a week because I'm crazy like that, I am exercising twice a day and I'm paying no money to do it. For me, that's just like a total no-brain. Now, I get that it's not going to be relevant for everybody. But that is a huge, huge benefit. So I encourage you to think about these things in your own life, right? Can you find ways in which you can cycle to work or to certain places that cost you money normally and then get that free exercise as well? All right, guys, I will finish up there. But in conclusion, the top three areas people spend money, housing, food and drink, and transport or travel. You nail these three areas and you work on reducing these three areas in your own life. Even in small ways, you're going to have a big change in how much you spend. That's going to allow you to save a huge amount and start the snowball towards a strong financial future. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please do like and subscribe so that you can find out my weekly videos coming up in the future. If you liked it, let me know in the comments below. If you want some kind of questions answered or thoughts on the topic, if you've got topics that you want me to cover in future, let me know. And finally, if you know anyone that would benefit from this video, please do share it. That would be a huge way to give back to the channel. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.